How's it going? Recently, I mentioned in Sunday Letters a little project I've been working on. I'll be working on over the summer whereby I get into conversation with people about their work, what they like about it, what they dislike about it, what they do if they didn't have to work, uh, or, or rather what they would do if all their financial needs were met. So their work didn't have, didn't have to provide an income to help them live, put a roof over their head, provide them with clothes, food on the table, etc. That, uh, because I think that's what work is for a lot of people, uh, you know, a means to an end. Um, rather than something fulfilling. I mean, we can derive fulfillment from whatever it is we're doing, but I think first and foremost, the reason why people go to work is to earn money. So we can buy stuff, pay bills, uh, put a roof over our head, food in our bellies, all that kind of stuff. So the conversations are centered around uh, how do you feel about your daily work or how did, how did you feel about it when you were working? And what would you do now or what do you do now uh, that you have a lot of time in your hands or if you did have a lot, of, a lot of time in your hands? So I think it's an interesting question. I'm 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 conscious of the fact that I may choose people that reinforce my own ideas already on this. And I hope that that is not the case, because the whole idea of it is that I get people's genuine view and not merely having a conversation that suits me. Um, so I hope I get I hope I get that. We'll see. Uh, anyway, the first of those conversations I'll be publishing in a couple of weeks, and I want to uh, share a clip from that, which are now uh, the conversations with Dimitri, a friend of mine from um, Estonia. I think it's Estonia. Sorry, Dimitri, if it's not Estonia. Um, but in any case, he's living and working in Ireland for the last number of years and uh, yeah, felt at odds with his work. And I know this because we've had conversations before about it. And in this clip, you join us as we're discussing what would happen uh, people, the majority of people, if their jobs were taken away from them, if through automation or uh, outsourcing or relocation or otherwise, that these jobs suddenly disappeared overnight. I mean, it's relevant considering the COVID pandemic basically done away with, uh, I don't know, 50% of the workforce um, and, and subsequently had to be uh, supported by the state or by Europe, by the Euro. If you're in the States, um, maybe it wasn't so widespread, but I know, I know people who are out working in the States did get some kind of help. Um, I'm not I'm not certain about that, but uh, so in various countries around the world, people got assistance or maybe they didn't. But anyway, um, so you join the conversation where Dimitri and I are talking about what happens to people if suddenly their jobs are gone. And uh, I think this is an important conversation to have. Um, so anyway, I let Dimitri speak for himself and uh, hopefully you'll stay tuned to uh, Sunday Letters podcast. Uh, to catch those conversations as they come as they come out, I'll be talking to a barrister. I'll be talking to a dentist, uh, a nurse, Dimitri, who's currently unemployed actually, um, but received redundancy, so he's not too bad. In fact, he's probably uh, someone that fits the bill in all of this because now he has a few quid. He doesn't necessarily have to work right now. He's a free agent, so 
um, interesting to get his perspective. Uh, so there's a range of people I plan to speak to and share their views with you. Who knows where it'll go? Maybe, um, in fact, if you want to get um, some material, uh, similar material, where I was inspired was uh, a book by Studs Terkel called Working. Just go to Amazon and, and search for it. You'll get it. Um, and that's where this is coming from. Not original in that sense, but original in, in, in the sense that I'm speaking to a whole new group of people and getting their whole, getting their idea um, or their feelings about their work. Anyway, enough banging on. I'll let, I'll let you listen to this clip and um, I'll see you at the other end. The, those individuals you spoke about um, who who are happy to follow the rules and do the job as per the manual, they would probably be the ones who would suffer the most. Well, yeah, yeah, because uh, if you give them a freedom, they don't know what to do with them, with it. But you see, that probably goes from the childhood as well, because we were taught in a certain way, you know, how we should behave, what we should do when we grow up, you know, get a job, as we talked about before. So, and you, you, you can imagine, even myself now, I'm, I want to find something outside this pattern, but it's pretty difficult because all your life was in the same vein, you know. <laughs> you just, you, you really need to take some time to really think about it. Mm. Because some, some people say, even accuse me sometimes of, oh, you don't know what to do. But I say, do, do, you, do you really know what you want to do? Like, I mean, if you think so seriously, I mean, like, deep inside what you want, you will probably will come up with some trivial answers for that, you know. Something again, which is in the same way. Like next year I want a holiday, or next yeah, year exactly, after that yeah, I want yeah, to get a new car. Yeah, or... yeah exactly. Yeah. Something, something that's along this line. Yeah. So when I was, uh, I remember my last talk was my team leader was, I was almost crying because I thought, for me it's just existential almost crisis because I'm now thinking about it and I, I'm realizing the effect of my previous life and my childhood and where I am now. And so it's, it's, it's hard to step outside of this kind yeah. of circle. And, uh, yeah, but of course my team leader couldn't, couldn't think, relate. Get, get, get me till the end, you know. What Probably I, thought you were weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because all the time I was uh, trying to say something, you know, like throw some arguments, you know, even philosophical, you know, one related to the job, of course. Mm. But again, you know, you hit against the rule book. You didn't miss much there. The last couple of seconds were cut off, but uh, he essentially said that he came up against a, a brick wall, I suppose, that the team leader, so to speak, uh, couldn't understand that his motivations were not material. And um, really, when you dig down into it, I don't believe any of our motivations for work are material. I know we need material things, and but I, I, I think there's a, I think we require something else uh, from our work other than just wages. And research has shown that money doesn't provide... Um, the stimulation or the motivation that uh, employers think that it does. So that conversation, that's just a couple of minutes from what was a 40 minute conversation on work. And 
uh, we recorded it in a little park in, in Fibsborough, Dublin 7. And we have a few kids playing on the grass with, with their school teacher. Um, it was a bit louder than I would have liked it. I'm not as sophisticated in my uh, post-production to cut that kind of stuff out. Um, but anyway, you live and learn. I'll pick a more uh, private space maybe next time. I'd, on the other hand, maybe it provides a nice backdrop to the conversation. You know, he was talking about, uh, Dimitri was talking about there how we're conditioned from childhood, you know, to follow the preset lines, you know, get the job, get the education, get the job, etc. Uh, and the kids were jumping around the place uh, on the grass in the background. And isn't it interesting that that's how that's how kids uh, conduct themselves. And yet, as, as they get older, we kind of school them out of that. And we schooled them towards a more structured, rigorous approach to learning and subsequently work. Um, it becomes more serious, you know, and it is serious because if we don't earn, we don't live. And uh, I think that's just a function of where we're at in our evolution as a species. And maybe that will change in 100 years time. I hope I hope it does. If you if you look at where society is now compared to where it was a hundred years hundred years ago, I think it's in a vastly better place. But we still have problems that we need to fix, and um, decorating that space up with material material gain and material material things, uh, making it look better, doesn't help really change the individual. Not fundamentally. I know you might change it on the surface and in uh, work psychology to talk about changing the environment in psychology, well, for when it relates to people's work, but uh, uh, behavioral psychology will support that. I suppose that's where it comes from originally. Change the environment, uh, the, the setting, and then you change the behavior. This behaviorism. But um, it doesn't always. It, it might change the overt behavior, but it doesn't change the fundamentals, you know, um, I don't think so. Um, anyway, um, I've got more on that conversation in the next week or two. So stay tuned for that. And you can catch it over on sundayletters.substack.com and uh, sundayletters.larrygmaguire.com, either one. It'll take you there. And um, if you would like to support Sunday letters, you can do so for five a month uh, or 50 a year. Occasionally, I bang out a 20% discount on that. So if you keep your eyes out, you can grab that. That's 40 quid a year for life. And that helps support me create this kind of stuff uh, and get it out there. So if you like what I'm doing, if you like what I write, like, like what I produce, uh, please consider supporting the show. I'll be very grateful. Okay, until next time, uh, it's been emotional. Take it easy.